Welcome to the semi-final edition of the Perth Football Podcast full-time whistle episode. I am your host, Kalichio Sunwa, to the right of me. Wearing a communist <laughs> inspired shirt. Sponsored by the Viet Cong. <laughs> Sponsored by the Viet Cong is Josh. Josh, how are you, mate? You well? I'm very good. I uh, I always get a lot of attention for the uh, the Ho Chi Minh shirt. It was just a gift from my parents. There's no message or, or, or special it now, thing Josh. going on. You can't disavow it now. We all know that you're a communist. Socialist. Socialist, sorry. <laughs> Socialist. Um, Marxist-Leninist. Someone, Wait, no. No, just Marxist. Just Marxist. Someone who was not a socialist... Um, Oh, I haven't even asked you what your political affiliations are, Tommy. And you know what? Don't care because uh, we're going to keep politics Tommy, out of sport. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy would not tell us. We're Tommy keep, would sit on the fence. We're going to keep politics out of sport. Tommy Dolman, how are you, mate? You feeling well? I'm feeling well. That was a very exciting second game in particular. And my political stance is NPLWA hardcore. <laughs> yes. Mate, let's get straight into it. It was an absolute cracker of a game. Um Final score being Inglewood United 3. Inglewood United? Inglewood United. Final score being Inglewood United um, 3, Sterling Macedonia 2. It was a cracking game where Inglewood ran out 2-0 leaders at the start, were pegged back, and then ran out 3-2 winners to finish it off. It's, they they uh, ran it, out, and then they stopped running, and then they ran again. The most dangerous lead in football strikes again. Josh, Tommy, take it away. What did, what did you guys see from this game? Because it looked like it was an absolute arms race, as you mentioned earlier, Josh. Yeah, well, the thing the thing we spoke about as the arms race was that you have Michael Domfey, who was uh, the striker at Sterling last year, um, ended up not, not going back to the club after having a pretty lean year with Sterling. And you had, effectively, his replacement, Kingsley Eshin, uh, who... And, and basically, both of them had something to prove, right? So you had Michael Domfey, who had a poor season last year with Sterling, didn't score many goals. He had something to prove that maybe he was actually the answer to their, their, their goal-scoring challenges that they had last year if they'd brought him back this season. And for Kingsley Eshin, you know, you're going up against the guy that you replaced. You want to show that you're the, the improved version, right? The game You want to show you the improved version. And and, ba- and both of them got the first goal for their sides. Both uh, of them got an assist for their sides as well. Both of them got well. an assist for their sides. And that, that Eshin assist was actually, like, such a perfect ball that um, in for, for Alex Tchernevsky. Uh And when Sterling got that equaliser, you sort of maybe got the sense that they were going to come over the top because they really did have the better run of it in the second half. And I know we... Obviously, we were speaking about Tom Faye so much, but it was... Uh, and, and, and it almost looked like maybe when they took Harry Evans off, who'd been playing up top with Tom Faye, that maybe that was the wrong move. They took Harry M- Evans off when they were 2-1 up. They went more defensive. They ended up conceding the second goal. Uh, but they brought on Dylan White. And Dylan White, who I, th- I think spent a fair few years from playing this... Uh, fair, fair few years out from playing at this level... And he changed the game again when he came on his pace, his skill, his trickery up top, and eventually getting that goal after a good run from Shab McCullough. Uh, very, very late in the game. I think we had a lot of injury time from, from what I heard. And we actually, when you count back, there were quite a few moments where players were on the ground where the referee had to stop it and we were waiting for treatment. Um, and I, I, I thought it was good that Inglewood came out of the game with a win, not to take sides, but Sterling have seemed to have limped through the competition to some extent, but just found a way to come come out of it with a result. Uh, Inglewood, I would but say, that, just look, I just want to interrupt it. you there, but that, that kind of mirrors a lot of last season for them, where it was a lot of 1-0 wins. It was, it was hard scrabble games. It was 
you know, suffering for a lot of the games and just getting the results. And that's that's their team's DNA. And, and Dayan will tell you that right away that that's their DNA. So if that's their DNA and they're using it this season, like that's that's all they can do, right? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if they are as successful and. and this year, given that they came very close to winning the title last year. And one thing you would say is potentially that addition of Kingsley Eshon, it does give them something based on what he showed tonight because it's definitely definitely the best performance that he's come up with since he's come out from England. You, to- you, you had a really good look at this. You had a really good look at this as well, Tommy, and you mentioned um, the performance omission as well. What, what, what did you see from the striker today? I thought it was a complete centre-forward performance, really. I thought he offered a number of dimensions to his game to the point where, as we said before, he was leading the line. He was that target. He was capable of playing back to the goal and laying off to the likes of Tineski and Nelson either side of him. Um, I thought he also showed the ability to be able to peel out wide. And obviously, Josh mentioned that cross to Tineski, um, which made it 2-2 in the game. I thought it was a very good game of football. I thought both teams really went hard to win the game in that second half. Um, but... In a way, it was strange. Josh kind of touched on it before, but they lost a little bit of momentum in Gould when they took off Harry Evans and bought off a Shader Livings because there was a change of system. And it was almost like Andres Oliveira identified that and then restored that system almost to what it was mm. because White came back on where Evans was playing and they were able to sort of make it a bit more of a chaotic game that was end-to-end towards the end of it. So, yeah, it was a really exciting game of football, um, enjoyable match, and, yeah, we should have a beauty of a final next weekend now as a result. And you can you can see the way that they were looking to play in terms of getting someone up front to, to support Domfei, him winning that first phase, then getting him behind for that second phase. And you could see that the way that he won that penalty as well. It's really exciting um, for Inglewood, I think, this season because they've got a lot of attacking options. They've got plenty of bow, uh, strings to their bow. Sorry, I nearly said that the wrong way. Um, but you've got the likes of... You've got to have Domfei leading the line. Then you've got McCarley, you've got Evans, you've got... Um, oh geez, White, who's scored the winning goal. All of those guys are going to be milling around, sort of offering that support. So they're going to—they seem like a really exciting team, prospectively this season. They're definitely one I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, from a Stilling point of view, I think they can come away from the game with enough credit. Um, as, as Josh said, they—they they sort of. They had that result which really got them through against Sterling. That was the sorry against Florida. That was the key result by a goal to nil. But they were missing several players this evening. They were missing Calvin Whitney. They were missing Sam Wynn and Daniel Zivkovic, who were both out suspended. And they're three players who would normally play in the centre of the park for Sterling. As a result, Luke Palmatier was almost playing as a holding midfielder next to Dejan Spiseski. And maybe that just affected their balance a little bit. But I think overall, there were some positive signs from Tanevsky and from Eschen. Um, I think once Palmatier gets back into that defence, I think they'll be they'll be stable. Moulton made a nice cameo. We saw he was out with injury a lot of last season. I thought Quick had a very good game at fullback. And once they get that midfield configuration right, I'm sure they'll be dangerous come the season proper. You mentioned that midfield configuration, and, and of course Calvin Whitney wasn't there, and he is such a talisman for that team, not just as a um, creative force in terms of the way that he passes and distributes, but also the balls that he brings into the box and the shots that he can take. And the idea that that he's still yet to come back in the team has got to give them a lot of a lot of a lot of positive positivity moving forward into that season because he is probably the best player in this league in terms of what he does. So you put that next to Giles Davies, who is just a powerhouse in terms of what he does, marshalling the midfield, winning balls, being absolutely gritty. And then you've got Diaz Pesesky getting back into the league today as well um, and playing. It, 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 
they are some really good signs from Ster- for Sterling moving forward as well. Giles Davies had a strike late that must have been just a whisker wide of the post as well, and that would have been the winner for Sterling if that had gone in. So, uh, you know, they did have opportunities to win the game, and you spoke about last season, I didn't want to seem like I was too negative about them before because they, you know, deservedly they got to the semi-final stage and they put in a really good performance tonight, and you said, you know, grit was a big part of uh, their DNA last season. You got to remember, Ian Ferguson wasn't there tonight because <laughs> he was. Yeah, well, he wasn't. He wasn't actually on the bench coaching tonight because uh, he had that suspension from uh, from the last game. So there's a fair amount of fair degree of grit in the performance, especially fighting back from two 0 down and having a couple chances when they almost could have won it. And look, speaking speaking of that team, let's let's talk a little bit more about Inglewood. We we're pleased to have. Um, Michael Domfe join us and be part of this podcast. So we'll get Michael in. He's just, just ambling over. We'll he's ambling point. over. He's, 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 he's almost here. Over, but he's, he's almost here. He's had a terrific performance, he's just and we wanted to we wanted to speak to him about it. And look, I don't. We didn't want to call it the Domfe Derby, but he did have a bit of a point to prove. And apparently, you worked a little bit harder today than you usually worked uh, in the season last year, mate. <laughs> I felt like, given the opportunities last year, I probably could have done the same as I did tonight, or even more. But um, you know, people, the way that we were playing last year didn't, I feel, play to, play to my strengths. And I feel like in a better system and in a team that appreciates, appreciates what I can do, it shows, the results show. So tonight was no surprise for me, really. I've shown consistently in the league what I can do with the golden boots, the leagues, everything else. And um, it was good to remind everyone of that tonight. Mate, I, um, I, I, I love watching basketball and, and watching, like, when Rajon Rondo goes into playoff mode, it felt like you were in playoff mode today. It felt like you were extra motivated to, to play. And look, and obviously last season wasn't the best season for you with injuries, with work, with so much going on. So what's it feel like to be in this squad where they are legitimately playing to your strengths? Players look to you first ball. Players also look for you for that second ball on the go as well. Yeah, it's, it's refreshing. Um, not to discredit any of the Sterling players. Like I've got a lot of respect for the manager and the players, but speaking particularly about football and systems, I think it, it makes a huge difference. And I think it shows tonight. I think last year, even with those, I guess, shortcomings, I feel like I still could have produced. But um, I think it's evident today that it, you know, my quality is what I can do at my best. So one day mode, I think in general in finals, I think people know <laughs> over the years that I usually turn up for finals in big games. So it was no different tonight. We spoke about last season being a, a below par year in terms of the the goals and, and the numbers in terms of just getting a couple of league goals. Um, but you've hit the ground running with five goals in the preseason so far. Is there any <laughs> six? Sorry, I, I stand corrected. But um, talk is, your talk, Dom. Talk your talk, Dom. Not counting. Is there a, is there anything that you've worked on in particular in this preseason to try and really sort of help you bounce back in this night series campaign so far? Yeah, and even looking. At last year, I thought I actually was playing well last year as well, even even though my numbers didn't reflect it and maybe other people didn't see that. I think, obviously, as a striker, you judged on goals. So, definitely, last year, I felt like more was, my hold-up play was quite good. I was bringing players into the game. So, even though the numbers were down, I didn't think that... I didn't really have any doubts about my qualities. What I would say is definitely strength and conditioning this year, I've had a bigger focus on more the, like in terms of making sure I'm fit for obviously 
to last the games and actually strengths in the gym, things like that. Just being, going back to kind of the habits I was doing that I was kind of brought up with at Glory and things like that. Sometimes you can, I was still doing those things last year, but just being a bit more particular and precise about making sure that you're ready. So that's kind of maybe the only change. But in terms of my actual qualities and my abilities, obviously I've been improving, but I don't, I think last year was more of systems rather than my actual performance, if that makes sense. And you spoke about systems, and I know we spoke about this before, what it means having another striker up there with you. It doesn't happen all that much these days, but you had Harry up there with you, you had Shab McCullough up there with you. How much do you enjoy playing in that two-man striker system where you've got someone who's sort of playing off you and helping out and you've got a bit of a, an actual partnership up there? Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I think even sometimes this preseason, we have gone back to the 4-3-3 when I have played up top, but it makes a huge difference when we do go up to a two up top. The 2019 season, when I won the Golden Group, for the majority of that season, I was up top with Gustavo, playing up two up top. 2021, obviously, with Tease, so it's something I have done before. It's something I do enjoy. And definitely, when you have someone like Harry that can obviously win the ball in the air, hold the ball up, and then Shub, obviously, really good coming off the ball, it makes a huge difference for me. So I feel like I can definitely uh, cause a bit more damage, especially in a 4 3 3 three system when they want you to do that high press and doing a lot of these doggies coming to win obviously headers wanting to win everything from throw-ins I feel like it sometimes takes away what you can do going towards goal so whenever I speak about systems that's more what I'm talking about I think people that have played as strikers would probably understand better what I'm saying but yeah I think it makes a huge difference let's uh, let's bring it back to Englewood mate you've got some, some really good players who've performed superbly today. Kieran Salinger being one of them. Christopher Tilson, again, a young guy who's coming up and he's putting in some really big-time performances as well. How exciting is this league looking for you, especially, again, not just on your own, but also thinking about the team, what the goals are, and the group of players that you have here? Yeah, I think Andreas has kind of been saying it to us that we actually have, a throughout the squad, great quality in all positions. So I agree with that, his kind of sentiment Chris has done really good for a young lad like he's been really solid like in pre-season I've actually just seen him go from strength to strength I think he's, he's benefited being around he needs a haircut for sure but... he needs a haircut potentially That your words not mine but um, I think he's benefited a lot playing with guys like Joe Marino uh, Rob and uh, obviously Salinger who've been around the blocks a bit can kind of give him a bit more guidance but I thought Chris in particular was t- today was excellent excellent and so are all the other boys so I think a few of us we're still quite young I think I'm 24 a few of us are kind of 24 27 in around that kind of bracket but being in the competition for a long time and kind of know the game and and know what to do in situations like this and speaking for me personally Andreas said this is Inglewood's third year in a row in the semi-finals of the night series for me personally it was fourth year in a row the the night series semi-finals so a lot of us have been in these situations before kind of know how to deal with the pressure situations I feel even someone like Dylan probably has, didn't get the minutes he wanted tonight showed with his experience coming on and scoring a really good finish that that bit of experience goes a long way I mean, you, me- you mentioned your age, and uh, we've just seen the news come out this week of uh, around 25 clubs, unfortunately none in WA, but uh, 25 clubs around the country have put their hand up for the National Second Division. This season, is that something that players like yourself and players that are at that same level, is it something that you're looking at that 
you're potentially trying to put in a really good season to put yourself in the shop window for professional clubs at, at the new second division level? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think obviously last year, coming off the back of that season, I had probably, like I said, probably wasn't in terms of the goals, even though maybe I thought playing-wise, I thought it wasn't too bad. The goals wasn't what I wanted. And as a striker, you judged on goals. Um, obviously, Kalichi mentioned I had probably a lot outside of football that probably didn't help. But definitely now that, you know, in terms of my work kind of balance, I feel like I've got that sorted. I feel like a few of us in that situation try and balance our professional life in soccer. And I think a lot of us are enjoying that challenge. But in particular, definitely there is that interest, obviously, to go play for these clubs if that second division does happen. And not even just that second division, I'm even speaking A-League. I feel like with my abilities, I can match it with the majority of the young Australian strikers. Yeah, I have no doubts about that at all. Um, talk yeah, to talk, doll. There's, there's, always, there's always, like, in general, I've, me personally, there's always been a bit of interest. Obviously, we're a bit oh, far away from those clubs. Um, but the clubs that have gone over from WA have done really well. Obviously, I think Jax scored again today. Um, obviously, Ajax gone over, done really well. Jackson's gone over, done well. There's a few of the Perth boys, former Perth boys over there have done well. Someone like Valentini, Gian's done well, Nolsey's done well. So, I think the quality in WA is there. It's probably just avoiding that maybe a WA club didn't put their hand up. But definitely, I think, you know, if all the ducks kind of align and then I have any of the players have good performances, I, I don't see why not they couldn't slide into any of those teams. Awesome. Look, last one from us, we'll let you get going, is I uh, saw Dayan Spasesi come and talk to at the end of the game. Obviously, you guys played with each other last year, but also for Glory as well. Um, how, how good has that relationship been for you and what it's meant for you for him to come out there and, and give you some really kind words? I'm sure he was kind words and not and not awful words at the end of the game as well. Yeah, I think in general, like, obviously, looks probably... <laughs> happens in football where maybe situations don't go as you want probably that kind of happened to me last year I think Deej kind of recognised obviously as a striker you know they have the highs of highs now everyone wants to talk to you but maybe last year when it's not really happening for you you know it's the opposite extreme so he's probably seen the roller coaster for me and me and Deej are great friends away from the pitch so it does mean a lot we always have respect as competitors obviously there's always going to be a bit of like a um, bit of banter about you know me maybe moving different teams and playing but when when the final whistle is over we're all respect each other as competitors and fellow like I guess colleagues and friends and I think it meant a lot for Dee to come up and acknowledge you know what the work I've been doing awesome and last one from me, obviously, next week's final is against Olympic Kingsway. Um, it's looking like an exciting game on paper. Both of you guys have been um, really good in the preseason so far. What challenges are you expecting from them? They're obviously a promoted club, and I'm sure that you guys will be looking at this as a real launch pad for your season. Yeah, King, yeah Olympic Kingsway, obviously, is going to be a challenge. Um, usually, as teams, when they get promoted, have, you know, they want to earn people's respect to some degree, and they want to in for their own squad develop that belief that they can go for on the season so they've definitely started night so strong um, yeah I'm expecting we obviously played them last week we drew but for a final I think Andreas men mentioned it I think you're good enough to get to the final but then on the final day it's who wants it more really like you know I think probably even today there's probably a few chances I probably could have scored on a better day but in a final it was just so much emotions just like just trying to get over the line I think I expect it to be a bit like that next week. It's just like, who wants it more, really? So I'm expecting a big challenge. I'm expecting them, you know, to be competitive to see if they can keep the momentum they've got, got going now. Obviously, 
people got to bear in mind it's still night series. The finals obviously a different story, but in general for night series it is preparation for the season. So I'm sure the likes of Florida, Perth, Bayswater, once the season starts going, they're going to up their standards to some degree, and a majority of teams are going to do that. So great signs, obviously early for Olympic, but still a long way to go for them and for us. Awesome. Michael, thank you so very much. An absolute pleasure to have you on. Great to see you scoring goals and look forward to seeing you in the final next week. Thank you. Well, that was a mic drop from Domfe. Um, we'll be back with part two where we talk about the other semi-final that happened between Olympic Kingsway and Armadale. And we're back with part two. Great interview from Domfe. Thank him so much for that one. What did you think of that? Oh man, that was such a great interview. I, I I would love to have everybody that comes on the show be as candid and open as he was. And you spoke about how important that confidence is for a striker and potentially it's something that may have waxed and waned for him last year. Mm. But the confidence that he showed in that interview of he's strutting and stuff on the pitch like he was just in the studio right now, then I think he's going to have a very good year. And ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand that these are very good footballers and these very good footballers you need to be confident and the fact that he is that confident is such a good sign and I, I honestly I would love to have the confidence to be able to be like to look people in the face and say oh, I should be playing in the A-League <laughs> that is the confidence that I want to walk into every single room with but um, I don't have that confidence I do have the confidence of interviewing players and watching games and it was a, a different kind of game it was a we had an exciting five goal thriller in the second game but in that, the first game was a it was a 3-0, unexpected, I don't want to say it was a hammering, but it was a very comfortable result for Olympic Kingsway. So Kingsway should have been out of sight by half-time. Uh, they did score the opener just before half-time, but Yusri Garcala made two really big saves. The Armadale goalkeeper uh, really showed why he's their number one, um, given the impact that he had on the game in terms of keeping Armadale in it. But... Uh, when you look at the game, for the most part, aside from about a 15 to 20 minute period in the second half, and, and John O'Reilly, I think, freely admitted this when we interviewed him, which is up on the uh, the Facebook page and maybe the Instagram as well at some point. Uh, aside from that period, Kingsway really had a, a high measure of control over the game. And given that they're straight up from State League Division One, they really haven't seemed to have any teething issues moving up to the higher level and putting their stamp on a contest and having games where they really control it. You know, they're a high-possession team. Under David Tuff, they seem like they're playing uh, with, with a fair degree of principles. They're not going, ugly football's going to win us games. They really want to play with the ball. And they've got some real weapons as well. Tyler Garner, who scored two goals tonight, he's, you know, he, he's probably better known as a futsal player. And he's now coming to his own uh, just in the last couple of games he's absolutely bossed it for them and he's potentially going to be one to really watch this season uh, Josh Sampson is midfield partner uh, Kieran Byrne is Kieran Byrne? Kieran Byrne who scored a really tidy finish for the second goal tonight he looks like he's going to be a handful and they've got uh, a towering back four as well so they, they can probably do you know they can play with the ball but uh, they're able to defend teams that play along as well. So I think they're going to be really threatening to Inglewood in the final. And I think they're going to be a big threat to teams in and around the top six and even the top four. It's hard to watch that game and not think that they're going to have a really decent season. But thinking thinking about them, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, especially speaking to you about it, Tommy, but you mentioned that 
it's going to take a while for players to adjust to tough and the way that he wants to play and the style that he wants to play. But you can see the midfield rotations that they've got. They've got about four or five set pieces. And I think you could see it from the game today. One of them was getting Perich up and high and just making the game longer. But they, they looked like they were in control for at least 70 minutes of that game. One thing that I was really impressed with in today's game was how organised and well-drilled they were. And that's a testament to the coaching. That's a testament to the buy-in from the players. And that's just a testament to the momentum that they've obviously carried on through this preseason and the hard work that they've done. Um, they've made several additions to their to their first team. Likes of Oli Annis has come in from Sorrento. And he can't get a game with them. He, he came off the bench, yeah. So there's there's some really good players. But what, what they do have is they have the likes of Samson and Perich and these guys that you mentioned before. Sasson Jegic has come in as well. He's, he's looked like a little, real live wire, real driving force. We spoke about him a lot last week. And... We spoke to Tuffy last week about getting that that service through the burn, and he was a lot more dangerous tonight, as Josh hinted before. He could have had a couple of goals in the first half, and yeah, it was just a really impressive performance from Kingsway. As they, they should have, as Josh mentioned, to repeat him, they, they should have really been out of sight. From from Armadale's perspective, I suppose you get through that first half and. They were outplayed and they did have that measure of control. But to concede the goal so close to halftime was a, a blow. Not because Kingsway didn't deserve it, but if you can just get through to halftime, you can keep the game goalless. You can maybe go in, reset, maybe adjust the system a little Absolutely. bit, give the boys a bit of a talk up. Um, you can maybe sort of come out with a different attitude. But that goal on the stroke of halftime hurt them. And, and just something that I thought about a little bit, during the game is I know Armadale breezed through the night series they won their first four games and then made some adjustments for their fifth game as they're entitled to do but I just want whether wonder whether in the preseason that week off can be a little bit harmful because you maybe do lose a little bit of that momentum you build and then you sort of come out in the semi-finals it is very early in the season you almost have to start again but I mean, I'm not worried about. No, he did uh, mention that. He mentioned that. He mentioned that in an interview, John O'Reilly. We, we spoke to him, and he mentioned it's it's hard for the players to get that momentum and to be just as up for it again after they've just been rested, especially when it was like you know we've played competitive games, we've gone and we've won, and now we're playing a game that that it doesn't matter. But you know, we're already through to the next round, so we rested some players, and it was hard to get them to get back to that level as quickly as it was. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, like you're saying. Olympic Kings were in that rhythm of important game, important game, important game, important game, important game. Important game. And, and on the basis of what we've seen in the night series, that was a good group that Armadale were in with Sterling, with Perth, with, with Bayswater as well. That was, a, that was a strong group of teams that they came through to finish the group with four wins from four. So full credit to them. That week you maybe just say, this week you maybe just put it down as a bit of an anomaly obviously coming off the week where they've rotated and I'm sure based on what we've seen in the preseason that they're going to be able to get that back and once they're back into the week-to-week grind of the season they'll be able to hit their straps and um, yeah they've got a home game with Coburn to start I think in round one and that's a game I'm sure they'll be targeting to get three points off the board and start with a real flyer. You, you mentioned uh, the service that was coming into to Burden there and I just wanted to have a second to talk about Liam Murray. He looked like he was going to have four or five goals. And it looked like the inverse Iron Robin, where instead of cutting in from the left, from the right and using a left foot, he just cut in from the right, did the chicken wing, chicken wing, chicken wing. And he could have scored three or four. And if he's on, they're going to score a lot of goals. 
And he's been at a few clubs since he left Perth Glory as well. So I'm interested to see if this is where sort of he finally finds, you know, the the, the one that suits him best for uh, in, in the MPL men's competition, because he is so dangerous. You know, he he can he can rinse a, a defender like, as, as well as anybody because he's got such good close control. And cutting in means that if he can beat you, he's going to be in a, a threatening goal-scoring position. So he was probably one of the players I was unlucky not to get on the score sheet uh, tonight for, for Kingsway. Um, but, you know, it was a tough game for... Uh, was it was it Emerson Alexis? Was yeah, it was a very, very, very cool. tough game for the young man at right back because Liam Murray was really on song for, for a lot of that period when he was on the pitch. Yeah. Um, look, that's that's pretty much it for us in terms of the game. I mean, sorry, let's, let's start again. Thinking about Armadale, what positives do you think that they can take from this? Obviously, they, they're now in a position where they're going to still learn from the game, but they're learning from the game from beating the semi-final as opposed to learning from the game from, you know, winning one game in the night series. Yeah, so I think they had something like... 13 goals in the first four games uh, and now now they haven't scored in the last two. So that will potentially be a bit of concern, especially since they actually did have opportunities uh, to level the game up, which they just didn't take. You Your know, clubs they... wasn't available and, and, and if he if he, well, I mean, he came off the bench sick, but if he had been on the pitch for a couple of those chances, I think it's a different story. Well, and, and that's the other thing. So, uh, yeah, Peter Yorkups wasn't able to start the game. He did come off the bench and once he did get on, he sort of got the sense that he, he wasn't really uh, having the impact on a game that he normally was. Now, if you get a play with that level of consistency... Uh, on the pitch and and they're doing the job for you, then it makes it very different. It is a bit of a transition for Armadale. You know, they had Gordon Perkins, they had uh, uh, Abdullah Osman last year, who are no longer with the side. They've moved over to Perth, but they have some weapons that they brought into the side. So they've got uh, Daniel Robinson, they've got Chris Jackson, who had a chance where he sort of headed the ball backwards. When you think maybe if he uh, had a bit more of that match sharpness that you get from playing games week in, week out, uh, and and once the preseason's done, that maybe those are chances that he takes um, once you get into the season proper. So I think one of the big positives for them was uh, they didn't have the best of games today, but they still created those chances and they were actually still in a position to go 1-1, from which point it would have been a very different game if they'd had momentum to potentially go over the top of Kingsway in the second half. So there are still a lot of positives for Armadale and they've got to have a lot of positives from how they played throughout the whole night series, you know, to get to the semi-final, to finish top of the group, to score as many goals as they have. And I'm sure for a coach as good as John O'Reilly, there's just a few tweaks that he can do, a little bit of motivation he can provide to the players going into the season proper. Yeah, there's still so much to play for. And look, it's it's awesome to see that we've got the final set. Final is next week, next week Saturday. Yep, at- so finals next week are at Frank Drago Reserve, 5pm and 7pm. You know what that means, Tommy? What's that? It means we get the burgers again. It means we get the burgers, mate. Treat yourself, mate. The, the make, sure, make, sure you, make sure you put plenty of time in the gym this week to be able to <laughs> make some room. Sorry, sorry. Uh, to- Tommy, are you planning to get a burger? We'll wait and see. I'm probably <laughs> oh, going to have thanks. some work to do next week, so we'll, we'll see if I get time to eat one. 
Tommy, I, I will get on the bike and I will cycle an extra 30 kilometers so that you can have a burger because of the work that I have done. How's that sound? That sounds good to me, Kalichi. <laughs> Terrific. But yeah, look, that's that's it from us from this episode of the Perth Football Podcast, Full Time Whistle. Thank you so much uh, to the good people at Inglewood for, again, letting us use the bar to record. Thank you so much to Michael Domper for coming up and talking his talk. My goodness gracious me. Thank you so much to Tommy. Tommy, thank you so much. Thank you, Kalichi. Looking forward to next weekend. Should be a couple of crackers. State League final, 5 p.m. MPL final, 7 p.m. Oh, thank you so much, Josh Triot. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you to the Viet Cong for the sponsorship. The Viet Cong do not sponsor us, but you, listening, your business may be able to sponsor us. So if you'd like to sponsor us, reach out to us so that the Viet Cong don't have to. (laughs) So we don't have to take money from the communists. (laughs) From the communist party. Thank you all so much. I'm Kalicho Sonwa. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye.